And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Thirty-five seconds to go. Irving, pull up, kaboom! Kyrie Irving puts the Nets in front by three, and the Hawks have to make a decision here. You think they got a foul? Kevin Durant goes to the rim and flushes it down. Durant puts the Nets in front by five. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday morning. We have, we're not going to cover, I'm just going to be honest right off the top. We are not going to cover all of the action from Wednesday night in the NBA. I'm sorry to let you down. But the NBA kind of let us down. There were a lot of blowouts, so we're going to have a little bit more fun. Uh, We're going to take some listener questions, which is something new for the Daily Ding. I'm Dave DeFore, of course. I'm joined by Andrew Schleck, my Wednesday night co-host, and our special guest, Keith Parrish from Fast Break Breakfast. Hi, Keith. Hey, Dave. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Is it weird recording this late when you normally are like a morning podcast guy? Well, our my podcast, Fast Break Breakfast, has a morning connotation, but we haven't recorded in the mornings in a long time. We definitely haven't recorded in the mornings uh, since the pandemic occurred and childcare ceased. So, no, uh, I have no issue... I, but I can pretend it's the morning at any time. Oh, yeah, so of course. Just, I, you tell me what time it is, and that's what time it is. Yeah. Well, before we get started with the show, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic already. What are you waiting for? Buy one, gift one. You forgot to get someone a Christmas present last week. I guarantee it. I forgot to get everyone a Christmas present last week. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Buy a subscription for yourself. Gift one to someone else. Make them think that you were thinking of them. It's a Homer Simpson gift. Kind of. I don't know. It's something. We got to come up with a term for the buy one gift one. But that's theathletic.com slash daily ding. Go sign up. Give someone else a subscription. It's a great deal. Coming up on today's show, we have a ton of blowouts and listener questions. But first, fellas, we have a front runner for game of the year. And I know it's, you know, one week into the season. But wow, Nets beat the Hawks 145 to 141 in zero overtimes. That's a regulation (laughs) score. Uh, There were 37 combined made threes in this game. Both teams combined shot 45%. Uh, Trey Young had 16 trips to the free throw line. I'm going to start with Keith. Uh, This was an incredible offensive performance and something that if I was going to show a game to someone just getting into basketball, let's say you're just learning about the NBA, I would show them this game. It was so much fun. That's that's a great idea, Dave. I, I agree with you almost completely. If I was introducing someone to the sport of basketball with this game, I would try to edit out some of Trey Young's foul baiting techniques. I feel like that <laughs> might be it's a little distasteful. He, it's listen, the only tiny blight on this awesome game. I got to say, Trey Young has taken a leap 
in his foul drawing. Legitimately. And I, I mean this as a compliment. Uh, 16 trips to the free throw line. Andrew, he's snaking pick and rolls, and he's catching people with the Chris Paul bump. Yep. But he's just doing it over and over and over, and they're not learning. At at some point, do the refs need to keep, need to catch up, or is it really just on the the onus is on the defense? I think it's on the defense. I mean, this is this is what superstars do. Like, guys get, getting to the free throw line double digit times, like that's the difference between. Like an all-star, like pretty good player, and then like a superstar player. Like Kevin Durant back in the day had his rip through move that he would go through every single game. And maybe, maybe there are some adjustments with Trey Young, but that's what that's how you know you have like a real superstar in your hands, is that the refs have to adjust to something that they're doing to get to the free throw line. And that's what Trey's doing. They're gonna treat him like Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to ban the foul baiting. Um, and, and, I mean, they're definitely not going to do that because too many guys make a living on that. Yeah. Uh, but, look, the, the Nets' offense was spectacular in this game, um, and so was the Hawks. But neither team really looked good on defense, except there was a stretch of the game where I thought Clint Capella, at the start of, of the game in particular, Clint Capella looked great. I, I'm trying to figure out why he's only playing 20 minutes. It's because they got too many guys, right? Exactly. Like they they just got I mean, too many guys to play Clint Capella 30 minutes a game. Well, we got Keith on here, so I have a stat for you guys because, you know, Keith is one of my favorite stat guys on Twitter. Keith is actually analytics Twitter. Um, <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari make more combined than all of the Atlanta starters. They're bringing $38 million off the bench. That tells you how many guys they have. We, we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about the Nets and how they have so many starters. Man, Atlanta is almost right there. And they don't have a single guy that played in this game that I would say is a plus defender. Well, well Cam that, Reddish is good. And yeah, Bell's I was about good. to say Cam yeah, Reddish, yeah. man. Cam was good. All right, I'm going a little a too far to there. Hunter, Hunter? I'm going a little too far there. Hunter was good I, I tonight. Just, I thought he, he was, was good. good tonight, but is he good oh. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of DeAndre Hunter. I feel like the Hawks this season, we saw some of it at the end of last season where Cam Reddish had kind of maybe turned a page. And I, I'm like excited about this Hawks team. Not like I, I'm proud of them for going out and making these additions of you know Clint Capella in the regular season last year and then signing Danilo Gallinari, signing Bogdan Bogdanovich. And some people were like, What are you doing? You're squeezing out your young guys. And then we see in this game of the year tonight, well, they're starting Cam Reddish, they're starting uh, DeAndre Hunter. And I feel like those guys, as like de defensive, I mean, not anchors, but like the connective tissue between John Collins and Trey Young, it's like a beautiful fit. Like it works perfectly. And we don't know still how all the pieces are. They're going to totally mesh. Danilo left this game with an injury, but like in my head, at least it makes sense. And I feel like the Hawks did a really good thing. I, I don't think they cost themselves any future like rebuilding plans or hurt themselves in any way. They just used cap space, which they had. They right. added some competent players and now you're seeing them at least again, very early in the season. They're having a lot of fun and they're a lot of fun to watch. By the way, they got players that could easily be moved. If they want, oh yeah, to, right. Like these, true. they they signed assets. Uh, Gallinari's deal isn't really that long. Bogdanovich is on a good contract. I don't think they're going to move off to any of their young guys. I mean, part of the reason why I think that they're starting is because there is a commitment there. Um, I, I just I, I worry that there there are a lot of mouths to feed, and how does that play out 
as we get, you know, later into the season for Atlanta. But I mean, we're four games in. It's definitely too early to worry about that. Uh, for the Nets, speaking of injuries, this is the first game with Kyrie and KD and no Spencer Dinwiddie. Andrew, what did you think about Timothy Lawawu Cabarro? Uh, moving into the starting lineup, he's been great off the bench all year. Thought he was okay tonight, but not a lot of shots for him. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, in OKC, we call him Jason Waterfalls, so if you'd prefer to call him that, go ahead. Jason Waterfalls. But um, <laughs> that's a TLC uh, reference there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's <laughs> fine. He's he's just a guy. I like, he's just a dude he's, that's been, out there. And he's been good off the bench. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been good right. off the bench. He was it's it's hilarious seeing him as a primary defender out there, like against Trey Young. Like that's a little comical to me because he's not he's not a, a wonderful defender, but he's trying hard. That, this is offensive to me as a Grizzlies fan. I would kill for Timothy Bulawa Cabrera. He, he would <laughs> he would start for the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh no. Oh, no. I mean he's a, he is a, based on what we saw early in this season and based on what we saw in the bubble, mm-hmm. he's a competent wing. And there's a dearth of those in the NBA. Just finding a guy who can competently guard a two or a three and knock down some shots. He didn't make his shots tonight. He made his shots in the bubble. He's made his shots before. Mm -hmm. Like they got him on nothing. I mean, he's on a minimum deal. I would kill to have that guy. And I feel like he's a guy who could fit on any other team. And on this Nets team where even with Dinwiddie out, you still don't need anyone else who needs to score. I feel like he fits in great. He's, he's similar to Cam Reddish and Deandre Hunter, where he's just like a, a guy who can fit along the other bigger fish who need the ball. And what's incredible about the Nets is that he slides into the starting lineup and they're still pretty deep. They didn't they didn't lose anything off the bench. Landry Shamit, who, you know, I've been a little bit down on. I I, I thought that he kind of uh, was, made, let's say, led astray in L.A. Uh, five of five from the field tonight, a couple of threes, looked good, like looked actually really good and competent. Defense was good. The Nets are better than I think we're giving them credit for. The defense is awful, and I'm not sure that they can fix it. But I do think that this team has a higher ceiling than any of us expected, in particular because now we're seeing KD, and he looks a lot like KD. Yeah, I was going to say, this is all about Durant, right? Like Kyrie Irving looked great tonight, but really this is just Fourth all quarter about, especially. Yeah, fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, he was unbelievable. But this is just all about Kevin Durant. And that's what it's always been about. And if you had if if you were nervous about the Nets, it was because you didn't know what to think about Kevin, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Now that we've seen him and that he had 33 points on 22 shots tonight, talk about getting to the free throw line. He was nine or nine from the free throw line. He's at eight assists, eleven boards. I mean, the guy looks like Kevin Durant. And that's really all you need to know because he can be the best player in the NBA this year. I mean, that everybody's very excited about Luka preseason stuff. But if Durant is completely healthy, or at least in the 90s, which is what people are talking about right now, it doesn't matter. Like, he's he's going to lift this team up to be the best team in the East. That's That will well, happen. He, he had 33, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. And it's very obvious that he's still working himself into basketball shape. Sure. I mean, he's he was right? a like, floor spacer in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible, man. Like, um, you know, and, and his first step looks looks better now than it did a week ago. 
It almost we can almost see in real time him kind of figuring out, okay, this is how fast everything moves and we're going to do this. Uh, I do think the Nets have questions beyond the Dinwiddie thing, right? Beyond filling those minutes. One of the big questions to me, and, and it was a question coming in, and it was a question last year. And as soon as they signed DeAndre Jordan, first thing everyone said was, uh, you already have Jared Allen. Well, Allen plays 24 minutes in this game tonight. I, look, he's just been more impactful to me than than DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, great defensive rebounder, but I, I think that I would rather have Jared Allen's defense. I was going to say, I mean, I feel like with that situation, it, it works itself out. I mean, tonight you saw DeAndre Jordan get 15 minutes. I don't think he... I think maybe once this season so far, he's played over 20 minutes. Like he's getting that start. He's getting that respectful start as the veteran and he's not hurting him out there. He's doing fine. Sure. I mean, he's not going to switch he out on one the perimeter. Rebound. He's in just, he minutes. just dropped coverage on everything. <laughs> yeah. One rebound. Uh, I think I have him in a fantasy league. That wasn't great, but the, you know, I, I they're playing Jared Allen when it matters. Um, and so I, I don't feel like that's a big issue. I, I do feel like they understand that this is the more impactful guy when it matters and we'll play him and he'll be fresh. I mean, maybe I guess it could be tough if you get in those situations where if DeAndre Jordan starts and then you kind of want Jared Allen to play the final 18 minutes of a half, like that's a problem. But I, I again, I feel like we're digging deep on it. I, I feel like that's just a luxury. You have two guys who, who you can kind of count on um, and maybe the better one keeping in, in your back pocket. Yeah, this is on Steve Nash, right? This is mm-hmm. on Steve Nash to make the right moves with with these big guys. And you're going to need bigs. We saw it in the playoffs last year. Like you need solid big guys on your roster. And they've got two of them. And they, they are playing Jared Allen more. And if Jared Allen's fine coming off the bench, then it's really no issue. And if Steve Nash will play those guys in the, during the right times of the game, then it's really no problem. Well, uh, on the other end, the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, John Collins was the center down the stretch of that game. And, man, he was He was awesome. You know, there are not as many players in the league that I think are are truly polarizing. John Collins is one of them, oddly. He was 30 points tonight, 2 of 5 from 3, 10 rebounds. All right, the defense isn't amazing, but there's effort there. And this team isn't really focused on defense anyway. So why not have John Collins as your center most of the time? Like He's great. Didn't you just say you were mad Clint Capella didn't play more? Well, I thought that if you're looking for defense, Clint Capella's the guy. But they're clearly not looking for defense. So just lean in play John Collins. Let me play every side of the ball here, Keith. There you go. Oh, yeah. My fault. My fault there. No, I, I agree with you that it is kind of confusing, especially, you know, if you do look at the offseason and you were wondering, like, well, why is Gallinari coming in? Like, why is Capella? Why do they draft Nkongu? It's like, because you have John Collins. Is, is he available? And... Look from the outside looking in, and someone who doesn't watch every Hawks game, it's like it makes me wonder because he seems amazing. He seems like this incredibly gifted offensive scorer who's a great partner with Trey Young. And we saw it tonight where, like, when they're cooking, there's not a lot you can do. There's not a lot like DeAndre Jordan can't stop that. You got to go to Jared Allen or, or somebody else. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great question, Dave. I don't know why there seems to be some hesitation, at least, or it feels like there's some hesitation that they haven't at least, I don't know, come up with an extension for him or, like, totally bought in that, like, this is Trey and John Collins' team. Yeah, I, th- I mean, Collins is in a great situation for himself right now. If, if he can continue to put up numbers like this like, with what the free agency class looks like next summer, like, he's going to get a max from somebody. 
Maybe he I, just I thought won't. he was going to get a max from Atlanta. I mean, they've sh- they've shown how they feel about him. Obviously, yeah. I mean, if you don't if you don't give him that extension, if you don't give your rookie an extension before he goes to restricted free agency, I mean, that's they're sending a message. And maybe maybe they like the Hunter Reddish combo. Maybe they want to play a Kong Wu eventually, or they like having that kind of guy around Trey Young. But you know, John Collins will be good. He's going to be ultra productive. And really, what it comes down to is like, do we think that he can be a guy that plays big minutes in the playoffs? And hopefully we get to see that with Atlanta this year, because I think you think about a guy like, and he's different than Montrezl Harrell, like he's a different player than he is, but you have to wonder like what kept Montrezl Harrell out of the playoffs was his defense. And could that be the same thing for John Collins? And if it is, then like hopefully, hopefully maybe they don't make the playoffs so we can go get his max contract anyway. So people don't notice how bad he is on defense. Or they're the five seed and they play the Nets the whole time and you lose. Right, no but, kidding. You know, everyone gives you a pass because you played the Nets. <laughs> Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at giorgioarmanibeauty.com. Okay, so the rest of the games tonight, uh, mostly blowouts. So let's just kind of run through them real quick. Uh, We've got some listener questions I'm going to pepper in as I go. Uh, The Grizzlies, Keith, your Grizzlies, they they dropped a game to the Celtics. Uh, 126-107 was not great, but what was great? Jalen Brown, 42 points. Uh, It leads to a question. Andrew, look, you've been itching to have this conversation I think it's about time. Uh, from friend of the show, Eric Fritz, on Twitter. Is Jalen Brown making the leap? And my follow-up, is Jalen Brown secretly better than Jason Tatum? <laughs> if, if it's in my house, it's openly better than Jason Tatum. Uh, he's He was so good tonight. Everything was so effortless with him on the offensive end. I mean, he was hitting just ridiculous shots, just contested deep range threes. He's dribbling into mid range jumpers. I mean, he just had everything going. He's seven of 10 from three. Uh, He was an absolute monster tonight. And you could kind of see his defense kind of wax and wane at times. Uh, He was defending slow mo a lot and didn't give the best effort on him. But you also know that, like, that's also in there is that he can be like a max. Uh, effort defender out there and he's got the length and he's got the athleticism to stay with just about anybody 
I love Jalen Brown. I think that he is great, and uh, he he might just deserve his own team. Maybe maybe he needs to be uh, the engine of the the Houston Rockets offense. You think that maybe there's a trade there? Ooh. <laughs> oh, I, there's no way that Boston's going to make that trade. All right, Keith. My question to you, uh, uh-huh. Desmond Bain. Is oh, he yeah. starting? Is he starting now? I don't. Well. The question was more interesting before Grayson Allen turned his ankle tonight. Um, I feel bad throwing Grayson Allen's injured body under the bus because <laughs> I'd been really hammering him uh, before he got injured. I mean, he went he went scoreless in 12 minutes before getting injured, which is the, I think, counting preseason, he'd started seven games, and in four of those seven games, he didn't hit a shot in the first half. So, like, he seemed unplayable out there. Desmond Bain hasn't honestly impressed me. He can shoot. He's, he's demonstrably shown he can knock down NBA three-pointers. And just based on that, a lot of Grizzlies fans are saying, well, yeah, just play him. Well, like if, if when Jaron was hurt, it's like, okay, just put him out on the corner to space if we need spacing. Let's just at least see what we have in Desmond Bain. And now that John Moran's hurt, those, those cries are getting louder where it's like, why not? What do we need to see from Grayson Allen? Let's just see Desmond Bain. And I mean... I'm not a scout and I've only seen what Desmond Bain's done on the Grizzlies and it seems very one dimensional. He seems very bashful and lost when he's not shooting a three pointer. So maybe he can learn to do that stuff. Um, will he start the next game when the Grizzlies play the Hornets? Uh, highly possible if Grayson Allen's out, but right now the Grizzlies have like nine players. So, I mean, <laughs> somebody's going to start. I had an NBA scout uh, that was surprised that I liked Bain so much. I, I just like adult basketball players like young mm-hmm. guys who come in know how to know how to win know how to play basketball and just do stuff at at a baseline level uh but he described him as having the athleticism of a four the length of a one and the game of a three that checks Kinda out no, that, that, yeah. that checks out he's noticeably like a lot of guys you you read like oh that guy has a shorter wingspan but you can't really tell when you see him you're like his arms are too short. Like, he, like, like it. Maybe yeah. it's just an optical illusion because he's so muscular. He is, but yeah. you can see him like missing out on contesting shots, and guys are just shooting over him with no issue. So, like, that's a concern. It, again, after after these few games I've seen him, he strikes me as a standstill in the corner, spot up guy. Uh, maybe like sixty uh, percent of Luau Cabrero. Passable team defender, like good team defender, potentially. Uh, Hopefully. I don't know. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> in Dallas, man, the Mavs got got blown out. This one wound up being 118-99. Charlotte wins. Jay King is for sure having a conniption fit in the Basket Buds chat right now because LaMelo Ball had a good game. 22 yep. points, 4 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, I don't know if the NBA account tweeted out any highlights of him to really rub it into <laughs> Jay King's face, but I wish that they they had. Um, Andrew, people are starting to worry about the Mavericks. I'm not worried because I expected this without Porzingis, but Luka 0 from 5 from 3. He was shooting 12% from 3 coming into this game. Didn't look great. Doesn't look great physically. To be yeah. honest, he's had one game where I thought he looked like Luca, and the rest of them, he looks like something less, like a guy who just played a full season of basketball and came back from a short offseason. Yeah, and he stayed after the game to get up shots because he said he doesn't feel like he's in a rhythm yet. And that's it's a problem. 
because outside of him, like, there's just not a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket. Uh, Jalen Brunson, is he their second best offensive player? Is it Tim Hardaway Jr.? <laughs> I mean, it's probably Josh Richardson. It's, just because of oh, what he man. can do off the dribble. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's a rough spot. But I also just want to talk about LaMelo Ball. They finally let the guy loose. They let him play <laughs> more than like 15 minutes a game. And I think good things will happen for them. I, it just, I don't know. The Hornets finally had something good happen to them, right? LaMelo Ball fell to them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're going to bring him off the bench. Wait, we're you're only not excited about minutes. the Gordon Hayward signing? Come on now. Oh, let's not get into that. They also, but. you know, got Bismack Biombo back. Listen, <laughs> right. uh, I had a I had an absolutely insane person tell me that he thinks, and this is someone that I, whose basketball opinion I really respect. He's like, yeah, I think the Hornets might be a playoff team. Not a play-in team, a playoff team. So top six. I was, no, there's no way. Uh, in San Antonio, the Lakers beat the Spurs 121-107. Um, you know, uh, this happens. But uh, a little bit of news from this game. Greg Popovich be- becomes the first coach ejected from an NBA game this season. And Becky Hammond takes over, becoming the first woman to coach an NBA team. In a regulation game, congratulations to her. Uh, guys, big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. It's NBA history. Yeah. It's great. It was, it was bound to happen at some at some point in time, and it is today, 2020. Yeah. And it's great. A lot of people would say it was overdue, but you know, knowing now that Tim Duncan was only coaching for one season, eh, yeah. makes it kind of softens the blow of that one. Uh, and then the, the late national game, the Clippers... <laughs> They dusted the, the Blazers, 128-105. Damian Lillard wound up putting up 20 points, 14-15 from the free throw line, but did not have a good game. The Clippers' defense just smothered them, and then the offense uh, was no slouch. They hit eight threes in the first quarter of this game. They were absolutely <laughs> on fire. They wound up with eight, going 18 for 38 for the game. It's impossible to lose shooting the basketball. Like mm-hmm. that. It's also impossible to lose when your superstar is wearing a mask. Like there's, that, there's, there's got to be any stat. mask. No, a mask where your nose is left exposed <laughs> is even more intimidating. It's, it is. I've never seen that in a basketball game. I've never seen game. it either. It was it, wild. It covered up the mouth, like kind of the, the lips were covered. But well, the nose know, was uncovered. I get it was, the it idea, was unsettling. Right? Like it's kind of like the baseball helmet with the little, the little cheek protector but it was it was really odd to see like this is what's left over when they make those you broke your nose glasses yeah or uh masks you know uh they just use the the leftover plastic from oh masks. you think they're recycling the material yeah that's, that's, that's it a, that's I a mean, nice thought know, it's a green process that they're that they're running over there man when, um, when Kawhi <laughs> rolls out with a mask that's that's like next level it really is he's already an intimidating player with his you know eccentricities and then when he comes out with some weird mask covering his mouth oh it was Hannibal Lecter it was Bashimi and Conair I mean it it was it was Dwight with the was (laughs) from the office Uh, with the CPR mask (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hannibal Lecter okay so all right let's get to a a couple of the listener questions again a ton of blowouts so so let's have some fun with it um from Mark Malabanan, friend of the program, uh, should the Warriors prioritize another big man with their disabled player exception? Andrew, I'll, I'll give that one to you. I mean, 
at this point, they just need to target anybody that's good at all, right? A professional I mean, <laughs> basketball player would be good. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get Draymond Green back. So I'm not sure that, I mean, and you want to develop James Wiseman. Wiseman? Weissman? Can we just, can we settle that d- debate tonight? I say Wiseman. Oh, I didn't know it was a debate. Now I, yeah, I just thought it was Wiseman, but I've, he said it's, it's he, right. He even said himself, it's Weissman. But okay. everybody oh, no. feels then so uncomfortable Weisman. saying it that we have to we have to step back okay. back to the Weissman. If he says it's Weissman, then I say it's Weissman. I think he's as wrong. Someone who's, I'm going with Jamie W. Yeah, as <laughs> someone who has a very simple to say last name that is constantly messed up, I will I will say Weissman if that's what he wants. Okay. Uh, next question, Keith uh, from from friend of the athletic, Jarrell Cardoza. Does Blake Griffin make sense as a Millsap upgrade in Denver around the trade deadline? Is that an upgrade? I'm sorry. I was stunned at the question. Lord, no. <laughs> why? Why? I, Blake Griffin's not getting traded. Like he, he could bear. I mean, I know he knocked down a pot. What, he hit eight straight threes or something or Someone seven straight threes. Someone didn't read my Miami Heat preview where I wanted them to get Blake Griffin to have the man, greatest passing man, team. Man, Blake of all Griffin time. is, it's so sad. He's like, He's like, you know, older dudes when they play pickup basketball, he just stands on the perimeter and, and does nothing else. It's like, it's him. And I've seen people talking about him and also Kevin Love. And we have these impressions and these memories of these guys. And it, guys, it's gone. It's not there anymore. Like, it's, it's not there. They just, I'm not sure they help their teams. I'm not sure they can help any team. I mean, let alone, I don't know how you, you can't get Blake Griffin's contract to Denver. Um, so... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Whoever asked, Denver yes. is has Paul Millsap, and that's fine. And I don't, I don't even think, I don't think Blake Griffin helps. Also, Paul Millsap looks pretty good. He looks like he did before the hiatus last year, physically. So clearly, you know, he he's okay. Hopefully, he can continue that as they get into the playoffs. Um, all right, last question from uh, Doctor Clam Medicine Mollusk, friend of the show. Uh, and I'm going to give this one to Keith. Uh, Keith, what is mm-hmm. the first breakfast cereal you're going to have in oh, 2021? I got to think hard about that. I mean, I represent breakfast um, and I don't eat a lot of cereal. I'm trying to think of when I'll have my first cereal. You know, I got to say, I might go back to the store. I had a s'mores cereal, completely decadent, sugary cereal. I want to say it was a honey made s'mores cereal and astounding, unbelievably delicious. Uh, highly recommend. It's a little off your beaten path. If you like sugary cereals, you know, you, you like golden grams, but you want to add chocolate and marshmallows, check out this uh, s'more cereal. So maybe I'll make that my resolution. That will be my first cereal of 2021. Yeah, wait, is this a co- like a Cocoa Puff with the golden gram? Is that what it's like? It's basically, if memory serves, it was basically a golden Graham, yeah, it wasn't a Cocoa Puff. It was more like literal chocolate. It wasn't a chocolate cereal piece. It was chocolate. Like little cut up Hershey's chocolate bits uh, along with the other cereal. Are they singing to the bottom? I'm, I'm not saying it was healthy. I'm well, just, just saying no, that's no, what I'm it saying was. Is the chocolate sinking to the bottom? Is it a heavy chocolate? Well, it was smaller bits, but I want to say, yeah, when you got to the end, you had a, a good uh, kind of layer of sediment. Okay. Of, Gooey of chocolate. chocolate milk. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't think I've eaten. Ce- I don't know the last time I ate cereal, honestly. We, well, you, you and I have an talked about this a lot. Right. <laughs> and I don't have kids. So yeah. 
Like, why do I, why would I have cereal in my house? So I'm going to go ahead and say, I probably am not going to eat cereal in 2021. This is horribly insulting to me. I will eat cereal probably 200 days in 2021. Oh, well then Andrew, what's the answer? You're the cereal expert. I mean, like the best, I mean, clearly like the best cereal is cinnamon toast crunch. I currently don't have any in my house. It's like saying LeBron James is great. I mean, who? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Go go out on a limb. Why don't you? Yeah. I'm glad you're saying that. Uh, right now, my, my, my way, wife, fruity, fruity pebbles to me is better than cinnamon toast crunch. Get, uh, get off the pot. Fruity, fruity pebbles. pebbles is more of a niche. I mean, fruity everyone really likes good. cinnamon toast crunch. Fruity pebbles is, is a bit intense. Yeah. Fruity yeah. pebbles is a trash cereal, by the way. <laughs> oh my God, man. Look, I, I look, are we going to do our tiers? I, I think fruity pebbles is definitely in the top tier. No. But Fruity Pebbles is like crunch. a D'Angelo Russell cereal. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's not right. actually good. It's not. It's a lot of people like it, but it's not good. Yeah, you need you need a first round pick to get rid of Fruity Pebbles, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for today's show, guys. Don't forget about all the awesome shows we have over at the Athletic Podcast Network. Got the Athletic NBA show, of course, with me. So you know it's good. We have no dunks with my favorite guys down in Atlanta. We got House of Strauss. Plus, we've got all of our team-specific shows. You can catch me and Tony Jones on Game Notes, me and Tim Cato on 77 Minutes in Heaven, me and Kendra Andrews on Rainbow Skyline. A lot of me. I don't know if you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. Uh, Make sure you use the app if you're a subscriber. You can leave comments. It's great. We we like to get feedback. If you're not a subscriber, guess what? Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Buy one, gift one. Get a subscription for yourself. Give one to someone. Today's show, thank you guys, as always, for waking up with us. Keith, send us home. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.